Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and as you start off the books of my podcast, uh, if you're listening for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so, and I hope to continue to come on back, and as I've always stated, invite all our family members, your friends, your neighbors, co-workers, whatever the case might be, and for those of you who have been here with me from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. I'm glad you're coming on back, and again, same situation. Invite your family, friends, loved ones, neighbors, so forth and so forth. I don't care if you dog your cat listens to it. At least I know you're out there, that you're listening, and and I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. I guess I'm like, I'm, you know how I am. I want to jump in right into things, and we will jump right right into stuff uh first of all let's talk about a couple things right off the bat let's talk about some news here today the some retirements uh the official retirement of one frank gore now frank gore as we all know is the nfl's third all-time leading rusher in the history of the game now who would have thought that frank gore a man who tore his acl in the University of Miami, I believe he had towards he thought that he would even have a possible career in the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers, they took a chance on him, and the chance certainly paid off. Uh, he didn't get his feet, he didn't get off running until, until Jim Harbaugh came in, and he really made something special with Frank Gore. Now, Frank Gore, I, you know, Frank Gore, is not going out of history as one of the I mean when you think of running backs you always think of the Emmitt Smiths the Walter Paytons Jim Browns you think about those guys or Barry Sanders but nobody really thinks of a guy like Frank Gore who is third on the all time list Gore he went from there he had he did nice run the Indianapolis Colts he played for the, for the Jets and even at the age of 30 Frank Gore was still running hard and was still running hard now Frank has officially announced his retirement, and to be honest with you, I think Frank Gore could probably crazy this sounds. He could probably still play on an NFL team today, maybe not start, but he could probably back somebody up and be and do a you know a fair a fair job or somebody. Now I mean, that's like Adrian Peterson. You got to remember he was around last year, and how old was Adrian? Like thirty-five or something like that, 35, 36. and Adrian's still running the football. But again, you know, it shows you, shows you what hard work does do for you. Frank Gore was a semblance of what certainly was that type of guy. Now, some people say, well, well, he'll be a Hall of Fame running back because he is third on the all-time list. You know, in this day and age, it's not guaranteed that you would be a Hall of Famer because of those numbers. But Frank has been, Frank has done well in the playoffs when he's had the chance. He had one Super Bowl appearance with the Niners, and he ran over 100 yards against a pretty stout Baltimore Ravens defense at the time. So that shows me something. That show that shows something. Certainly, Frank, who's now has started a boxing has starting a boxing career. He does you know business outside, and he's starting a boxing career. So Frank's doing very well for himself, and I certainly hope I certainly wish Frank Gore all the best. You know, all the best in the world in his retirement and. Uh, Certainly, he left a 
has an impression on being a football Lockett didn't think he would at first when he got drafted by the 49ers Lockett didn't think he would have much of a career but here he is third in rusher in the history of this game Frank certainly hope you enjoy the retirement the second retirement we have to talk about is Ryan Fitzpatrick and here's a man that went to what Harvard University a quarterback that lasted what your first lap 16 17 years in this league nine different teams and we all know ryan had his ups had his downs i, I don't think I, I don't think i could sit back and account all the teams that ryan played for but no doubt tampa bay miami had a stop in cincinnati buffalo i mean my gosh like, it's like he played for nine teams and i think he played like he felt like he played for almost every team in the nfl at some point in time Ryan was a backup for many years. Then he got a chance just to be a starting quarterback. We all know Ryan has ups. He had his downs. When Ryan when Fitzpatrick was hot, he was he was on fire. When he was cold, well, he was cold. But Ryan, you know, last the last few years, I mean, Ryan played well with the Miami Dolphins. I remember he played for the Cincinnati Bengals. He had his ups and downs with the Cincinnati Bengals. Heck, I'd love to have Ryan. I would love to have Ryan backing up uh, Joe Burrow if Ryan wanted to. I, I could have gone with that. Joe, I mean, Ryan could have been an, an asset to Joe Burrow. To me, I'm surprised, but I don't want to retire. I mean, Ryan, I bet Ryan's got kids, so he wants to be, be with his family and kids now. He's done a lot in this game. Uh, his numbers might not be the most impressive in the world, but he played, Ryan played hard. He made he certainly made a reputation for himself in the league in the last several years, certainly Miami. Uh made it pretty <laughs> pretty good made a good reputation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Fitzpatrick, of course, last this past season was starting quarterback for the Wa the Washington the Washington. But of course, he got hurt first game of the season and that was it. But Ryan was a colorful character, made a lot of good friends in the NFL. Teammates loved him. You know, sorry to see a guy. I'm sorry to see a character like Ryan Fitzpatrick go. But certainly, I wish Ryan also the best of luck in his future endeavors, and hope he has it. He has a he has a good retirement. But to be honest with you, I don't know if I'd be totally shocked if some team calls him at some point during the season, a injury to injury to your starting quarterback, and a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, the veteran that he is, you never know. Ryan can ease right on back in and can play. I'm not saying Ryan would do that, but it wouldn't shock me if some team gave Ryan Fitzpatrick a call at some point this season if somebody that they're starting to play got hurt and say, Ryan, can you play? Are you in good enough shape? Can you come on back? We need your help. And to me, like I said, I think Ryan could still play in this league. I mean, Ryan could probably, if he got healthy, he could be a solid backup for somebody. I love his team back in Cincinnati. I think he'd be great. But, again, my best of luck to Ryan. Hope he enjoys, hope he enjoys retirement. Enjoy that family. And I certainly do, like I said, you, Frank Orr. Hope you guys enjoy retirement. Have fun. Enjoy yourselves. As we congratulate people from their 
retirees, unfortunately, we do have some sad news. Uh, a couple of deaths that happened in the NFL. One former NFL um, player, we'll talk about Marion Barber, former running back for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. He spent his last year with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Marion Barber the third, uh, drafted from the University of Minnesota by the Dallas Cowboys. And Marion, Marion had a pretty decent, had a pretty good career with the Cowboys. Uh, he went on the radar. Uh, he had one of the more memorable runs in the history of the, of the uh, NFL, where they thought he had, he was gotten more safety. And he got out of there, and I think he was still picked up about five, six, seven yards after that. Uh, you know, like I said, Marion, yeah, he had pretty good, he had pretty good, he had a good career with the Cowboys. Uh, certainly, there is not a lot of speculation that I've read of or heard of right now what was caused his death. We do not know. But for Marion Barber and his fans, my um, condolences, and again, 38 years old. 38 years old is, is a young age, and that's the sad thing about today's today's society. We have way too many people passing away at a young age. I mean, I'm very thankful that, heck, I'll be 53 in a couple of weeks, and I'm very thankful that I'm still sitting here, you know, on this earth, doing this podcast, and have, you know, you know, have a family upstairs that's asleep right now, but well, I'm lucky that I've, I've got that. And for Marion, Barbara, and his family, his friends, my condolences. The second one we're going to talk about is uh, uh, former, yeah, former Texas A&M player Jeff Gladney. He passed away at uh, 25. Uh, he was with the Arizona Cardinals. He was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Had a good rookie year, got in some trouble, but he was uh, exonerated from the, from his troubles. But Minnesota cut him, Car the Arizona Cardinals picked him up right away. But again, 25 years old, oh my gosh, that is entirely too young. It's like, that's, it's the youth, it's like, you got way too many young people that are leaving, leaving this earth way too soon. And Jeff Gladden was certainly, certainly one of them. Um, he, was liked by his, he was liked by his teammates. He got, you know, it's a crushing blow to his teammates, Arizona Cardinals. And again, my condolences to his family, his friends. And it's, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to say that you, it's, Again, you go back to this this youth. It's like there's way too many young people that are passing away in this in, in this in this world today. I mean, Gladney, Dwayne Haskins was one uh, a couple of months back. I mean, it's it's sad. It's a very sad thing. But again, my condolences to Mary Barber, to Jeff Gladney, his family and friends. Let's jump right into some NFL news, and I guess the the people hadn't heard the latest buzz on Deshaun Watson. Now there appears to be another another young lady has come forward and added her name to the list of harassment done by Deshaun Watson. Now, 
supposedly the supposedly the commissioner has sat down with uh, Deshaun Watson and they have discussed discussed things with him. Now, a couple of days ago, I did read a tweet a Twitter feed, and there was a rumor running around that Deshaun Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for a year. Now again, that's a rumor. That's what I read off of Twitter. But of course, you know how the internet is. You can read anything. You can certainly read anything off the uh, internet, and it's not always true, right? But that is what I've heard now. Now, would I be surprised this this is true? No, I, I'm not surprised at all if if, if it's true. Um, I, it would not be totally shocking if Sean Watson serves a year suspension. This is the reason why they signed Jacoby Brissett. This is why they brought Joshua Dobbs in, guy from Pittsburgh, and that's why Baker Mayfield's still hanging around because Cleveland had a possibility that this was going to happen. Now, to me, it doesn't look good for the Cleveland Browns. For the simple fact is this: you get you gave them they had two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed. And let me unbind the word guaranteed. Because if the rumors are true, and if the Twitter, Twitter feed is correct, then he does serve a year-long suspension. That will be two years that Deshaun Watson has not played a single down of football. Again, I'll go back to something I've said in previous podcasts. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes, you haven't played for two years, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I don't care if you're some of the best quarterbacks in this game today. If you don't play for two years, it's rust. You're going to have rust. You're not going to be what you once were. Now, again, that's why the that's why Baker Mayfield hasn't gone nowhere because now it's kind of funny because now Baker's, Baker's got to be set back to the other. So you can pay his guy $230 million, but he's not going to play a down of football for two years. But here I am giving you blood, my blood, sweat, and tears, and you want to kick me out of town. Now, Deshaun can't play football. Now, you want me to hang around. You want me to play. Now, as of right now, we're going to guess that Deshaun does serve this year-long suspension. Jacoby Brissett would be the starting quarterback. So, we're guessing. And to me, Baker would be the backup, not Joshua Dobbs. Just saying. So, to me, the Baker Mayfield possibility of getting traded, for if there was even a, a thought process of him getting traded, well, I guess that kind of went out the door right now because again if Sean serves suspension you don't want to get rid of Baker Mayfield now to me the starting the starting job can come down to Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield now I think that could evolve into training camp certainly in preseason yeah, do you play Baker Mayfield a lot in preseason do you play Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett a lot in preseason and try to decide who will be your starting quarterback this year. Now, to me, it kind of hurts your chances of trying to compete for the division because if Deshaun's not there, to me, Cleveland, I don't think has a chance to win the division. A lot of people right now are saying it could be the Bengals and the Ravens might battle for the for the NFC North. Now, I could probably get with you on that because, again, both teams have stability at quarterback spot where you had Richard Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kelly Pickett as your quarterback situation for Pittsburgh. Whereas now, if Deshaun serves suspension, it comes down to what Baker Mayfield, maybe Jacoby Brissett for Cleveland Browns. It becomes a huge, a 
huge mistake to give a guy $230 million guaranteed and he hasn't played down football in two years. There's no doubt then there's never been denying Deshaun Watson's talent. He's a very talented man. There's no doubt about that. But now, with the new allegations coming up, I mean, that's what, 23? I mean, is there any more out there that we need to know about? Um, there's been so many rumors going back and forth that some some of it was, uh, I think there's one, one, young, one young lady that came out and said she had no issues with uh, Deshaun Watson, but then again, you've had others come out and they've had issues with Deshaun Watson. So it's, it's, you know, it's certainly, you got to wonder if Cleveland made a huge mistake by giving him $230 million guaranteed money. Because I know Baker Mayfield's probably sitting back wherever he's at, at home right now, and kind of just laughing, he's laughing his head off. Because here's a guy that will not play a down football for two solid years. Now, Cleveland, more than likely, Cleveland's going to run the football. You do have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. you got two solid running backs. That's going to be the big key. Yes, you do have Amari Cooper as your new number one receiver. But with Amari, who can you trust? Can you trust Cobra Set to get him the ball? Can you trust Baker Mayfield to get him the ball? And if Deshaun Watson came back in, I would trust a Deshaun Watson to do a much better job than the other two guys. But now, for right now, I mean, Cleveland does have talent. They have a decent offensive line, good running game. You do have one solid receiver in Cooper. Your defense, the defense is not that bad. But the biggest problem in Cleveland is they got the one spot that right now might not be settled, and that's a quarterback spot. Pittsburgh has the same problem. A good defense, good running back. Decent set of receivers, but the offensive line is still a little shaky in the quarterback spot. That comes down to Cincinnati and it comes down to Baltimore. Again, they've got one thing they've got stability at quarterback. The whole two teams don't that division. But for Cleveland, could Cleveland have made a huge receipt by giving a man, a guaranteed man, $230 million guaranteed money? Let's be honest with you. Patrick Mahomes, don't have, I don't think, or even Aaron Rodgers don't have that much guaranteed money in their contract. But again, sometimes, you know, if you, if you feel that that guy is that quarterback, then you go out and get him. Cleveland went out and got him. Now, $230 million. The guy was guaranteed that much money. He's going to be sitting at home this year getting paid while he's watching you guys, while he's watching you guys either struggle or maybe Cleveland steps it up and they play good ball. But for Baker Mayfield, here's the situation where Baker could showcase his talents to some other team. And the funny thing is, what if Baker Mayfield plays well? Well, to be honest with you, you paid $230 for Deshaun Watson. You're not going to trade him. For Baker Mayfield, this is a chance for him to step up, audition his talents to other teams in his league. But 
is a trigger feed says we'll see if that is if that trigger feed is triggered if it Deshaun will serve a year-long suspension and for me it's a huge risk for Cleveland to give him that much amount of money it is going to be now two years if if the rumors are true they will serve a two-year-long suspension so that means two years without playing a down football that could be a huge gamble that may not pay off for the Cleveland Browns at all. Now, speaking of Cleveland's quarterback, Baker Mayfield, now had you heard, had you guys heard, the other rumor that came out came out about Baker Mayfield that there was a possibility. I think around draft time, there was a rumor going around that the Panthers and the Browns were talking about a possible trade. But the Panthers wanted Cleveland to bite what I think fourteen million out of the eighteen eighteen million that Baker May, Baker Mayfield guaranteed this year. And evidently, we're only assuming that the, that the rumors are true that Cleveland says we're not going to pay you fourteen million, and you only go pay four million. You know, welcome to, welcome to the world of business. And like the NFL is just like any other. Business, I don't care if it's Walmart, Target, whatever business it is out there, it's business. If you're Cleveland, you've been trying to trade him all off season. The rumors Carolina, Seattle, they're the two biggest teams that became the biggest rumors as to did you want to trade Baker Mayfield? Well. Now, Baker right now is pretty much stuck in Cleveland. And if Deshaun Watson leaves his tree, Baker's going to wind up being in Cleveland. He's going to play or will have to play for Cleveland. Then again, maybe Baker takes his $18 million and goes home and says, he says, well, you didn't want me that bad. You wanted, you wanted Deshaun Watson that bad. Now it's going to make a bite you in the butt. Now you want me. But the rumors, I think, are finally kind of interesting. That the, Pan that the Panthers had a chance to get him, and they wanted Cleveland to foot most of the, of the bill. And basically, Cleveland says, nah, we're not taking that big of a, that big of a hit. The problem is, from a business standpoint, I can understand what Cleveland wanted. Heck, I would hate, I would hate, to, I would hate to bite $14 million of an $18 million contract either. In Carolina, I don't blame Carolina. I wouldn't want to take that big contract either. I had to pay four million. He could pay fourteen million. That looks like a great deal for Carolina. Certainly, not a great deal for Cleveland. Now I don't know. I don't know if there was like other, if other money was negotiated there to the point maybe where, you know, hey guys, we know we'll pay seven million. You got to pay the rest. I don't know if that was talked about. I would say probably not. But right now, as funny as it sounds, maybe the ball is actually in Baker Mayfield's court. Because now he has Cleveland right where it wants him. Deshaun's going to serve a year suspension. Guess what? Oh, now, now you need me. Now you need me, right? You give this guy $23 million. But now, yeah, you want to get rid of me. Now. He's going to serve another year-long suspension, possibly. 
And now, now, now you need me. No, uh-huh. Make her take, take that approach to it and say, you know what? Screw you guys. Don't call me. My agent will call you. Or, let Baker go out there and he proves to the world, proves to the NFL that he can still be a decent quarterback in this league. Thus, he showed the Carolina Panthers that they made a mistake by not getting him when he had the opportunity. Now, Seattle's been rumored to wanting him, but of course, you got Geno Smith, Drew Locke, are battling for the starting job. Yes, Seattle got Jacob Easton, but Easton's probably going to be the third string quarterback at best for that team. Now, to me, could Baker have stepped in and be useful to Seattle? Could start? That's a possibility. I'd rather have Baker than Sam Donald's my quarterback. But you're already, but you're already, you're already locked up to Sam Donald for X amount of dollars this year. And then for the Panthers, it wouldn't have been a smart thing to go out and take the lump sum of Baker's contract. You already got tied into Sam Donald after a lot of money tied into two to two quarterbacks. So again, I can understand that I can understand why the Panthers wouldn't want to take the big yeah, take the bulk of that contract. They're already tied into Sam Donald. And as of right now, Sam Donald's a starting quarterback. I don't see PJ Walker unseating him unless Matt Corral from Mississippi really comes just really overwhelms the coaching staff. You know, during camp, maybe preseason, if they say, hey, we'll go throw him out there. Because to be honest with you, the offense is not going to run through Sam Donald. They'll run through Christian McCaffrey because he's 100% healthy. Now, he's, you've got one of the more underrated receivers that a lot of people don't hear about is DJ Moore. But to me, the future, to me, if, if, it, if it's really truthfully, Matt Corral is the future. And Panthers do have a pretty decent defense. Now, to me, they're in they're in a division where some think Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored to win that division. And there's no denying it. The Saints, the Saints have a chance. The Panthers may be third at best in that division. But the one thing is that the Buccaneers got Tom Brady. Now, the Saints have Jameis Winston, but they've also got a veteran, Andy Dalton. That they could probably get by with. I mean, well, Atlanta's got Marcus Mariota, but Mariota's probably better than Sam Donald. So if you look at it, the Panthers have the worst quarterback in the division and one Sam Donald. Now, if they could have worked something like that, Baker Mayfield, Baker could have been maybe maybe the third best quarterback in the division. You might, if you want to make an argument, he could have been the second best in that division. Maybe you could have made that argument. But for Cleveland, it wasn't a good business decision for them because they weren't going to pay the bulk of Baker's contract. They wanted the Panthers to do it. The Panthers weren't going to do it because they're tied in heavily to Sam Donald's contract, which I believe Sam's in the last year of his rookie contract, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So I don't blame. So it's kind of like you can't blame Carolina for wanting them to take off a lot of money. If you could have got Baker for, let's say, $4 million, that would look like a, a pretty good investment for the Carolina Panthers. Bad investment for Cleveland. But now, things are kind of funny. Let's be honest with you. 
Cleveland now is, Cleveland now is stuck with Baker Mayfield. But then again, Cleveland may need Baker Mayfield with Deshaun Surgery and Ross suspension. It's kind of funny. Like I said, Baker's probably sitting back right now with his feet with his feet up on the uh feet up on his sofa, feet up on the chair or whatever, and just shaking his head and saying to myself, Wow, now Cleveland really needs me. They could have traded me, but they didn't want to. But Cleveland stuck with Baker Mayfield. Now could Baker yet this game like I said, this is the opportunity for Baker to step up. Show the NFL that he could be a very good quarterback in this league. We'll see how that goes. Now I was watching. Um, I was watching. Uh, I believe it was Undisputed with uh, Skip and Bayless, and I caught the very last of the show. And there was uh, there was a discussion they were talking about where Tyreek Hill had started his own podcast, I believe, and he had his agent on there and. And it was something to the effect where it was, and I believe it was something to the effect to the point where I don't know if I can word it right. I might be wording it wrong. That Tyreek felt that in some way that I don't know if they were not using him all the way or how it, how it worded. And he would not get into details, I guess, until his next his next podcast. Now, I'm like, I think Skip and Shane, I will agree with them on this one. It's kind of hard to argue if Tyreek Hill were arguing a certain issue with the Kansas City Chiefs because it was Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Bust as far as your receiving core went. Yeah, I mean... Tyreek Hill was there in the very first. I think he was there when Alex Smith played for him one year, and Tyreek didn't really put up great numbers. Once Patrick Mahomes came along, Tyreek Hill took off. And now you're going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. Now, Tua does not throw a deep ball like Patrick Mahomes by any stretch of the imagination. He does not. And I'm like most experts. Tyreek will get us a serious wake-up call because Tua doesn't have that deep ball like Patrick Mahomes. Another thing is this that Tyreek's got to take consideration also. He's got a pretty decent number two guy in Jalen Waddle who came in for a very impressive rookie year. He's got, he's got a good tight end. Now, maybe he's not Travis Kelsey level, but he's a solid tight end. And you got Cedric Wilson that you signed from the Dallas Cowboys, who's a speedy guy that I'm sure that it's going to be he's going to be used. So in some ways, Miami's receiving core could be better than Pittsburgh's Chiefs receiving core. I know it sounds crazy to say this, but I know it sounds wild to say, but there could be a possibility. Certainly, running game is going to be an issue, but then again, with Mike Mike McDaniel. That was the San Francisco Finals forte was running the football. It didn't matter who ran the football. They've got about four or five running backs on that roster right now that can probably run the football. Who knows? I don't know if they'll keep all five, but for some crazy reason they do. Heck, any of those guys can run the ball. Now, 
like I said, Tyler Reed was starting all his podcasts. I'm sure he's probably getting wants to get listeners to come into his podcast. And I'm sure Tyree I'm sure Tyreek will because just just off the name alone. Now to me, if you're John Doe, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get listeners. You're not gonna get that many listeners because who is John Doe? But if your name's Tyreek Hill, oh yeah. We'll listen, we'll listen to what you gotta say. And I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure that would probably be one of those situations where maybe he had to keep maybe he had to stir something up to get listeners to come listen to the podcast. I'm gonna assume that was probably the case. Because Tyreek has really no reason to really complain. Now, I'm sure Tyreek was maybe upset because they didn't want to pay him Devontae Adams title money for his services. Can't say wasn't gonna do that. And Kansas goes, you know what? We're going to trade him. If Miami or the Jets or whoever else want him that bad, let's go ahead and give. Let's go ahead and give him away. We'll go ahead and trade him, or we'll make somebody trade for him. We'll, we'll get some serious compensation. And Kansas did. That Kansas drafted a couple of receivers. One was it Sky Moore. Who I'm sure will get some playing. Who will get some playing time with Kansas City? Kansas City. You got Valdez Scanlon. Now Valdez has got some speed, not Tyreek Hill speed, but he's going to be the speed man to replace him. Harden somebody. Juju. I think Juju could be an interesting player for him if Juju can be like he was in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. Yes, Travis Kelsey's still there. Heck, you got remember Josh Gordon is actually still there. Josh Gordon returned. You got Sky Moore. They drafted another receiver. It's gonna be very interesting. The thing about the thing about Kansas City is they have more depth this year than they ever had in the past. Grant, there's no Tyreek Hill. Now I don't think that Valdez Scanlon can be consistent enough to be to replace Tyreek Hill. It's gonna take several guys to replace Tyreek Hill. But Patrick Mahomes, I believe Mahomes can't say he can't make it work. The question is, can Mike McDaniel and two of Thunder football make Tyreek Hill happy? That's gonna be that's to me that's gonna be the question. For fantasy football fans out there, let's be honest with you, Tyreek Hill's numbers are gonna are gonna take a are take a dip back. We know that. How much? We don't know. I don't think he's going to have the big numbers that you really believe he's going to have. I'm sure some people will draft, still draft Tyreek Hill high because it's Tyreek Hill. But you got to realize, Patrick Mahomes not throwing football. Now, I know Tua gets probably tired and probably gets upset at hearing that, hey, I don't throw a deep ball. Now, supposedly, in OTAs, he's been throwing a pretty good deep ball to Tyreek Hill, which is great news. But Mac but Mike McDaniel said one thing that makes a lot of sense. That's OTAs. You can throw in OTAs you can throw the ball eighty yards. But the problem is he says if you don't have the best offensive line in the world and you don't have defenses bearing down your throat, he said you can throw an eighty yard ball all day long. And that's true. It's a pretty pretty good observation. Miami's had problems with the offensive line in the past, in the past few years. They tried, they spent the offseason correcting that as well. But what if 
what if the situation is not fixed? And people say, bury news, bury news to us folk. And I've said this before. You got about five or six running backs on that roster. But if you go out and get Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Waddle, Mike Gellick is your tight end. Yeah, you bring in Cedric Wilson. Here's my thing. My thing is, too, is going to have to go from, it might have to go from their running team to a team that's going to throw the football. And can Tua be like, can Tua throw the ball 45 times a 40, 45 times a game to not only please Tyreek Hill, but Jalen Waddle as well? That, my friends, is the question mark that I have to ask the Miami Dolphins. Can they do that? Can they run the football? Like I said, they've got capable running backs to do that. Again, I'm sure just like the 49ers, you have a system. I'm sure you can plug it in running back that you need to, and they're going to run the football for you. you got plenty of, plenty of four running backs, and that's the way the 49ers are. They're going to throw four, five, six running backs at you. Keep it fresh. Which in, in this league, in this league, that's probably the, the right thing to do. Always have a fresh running back that you can throw in there as a team and tire that defense down. But the problem is, you got guys like Tyler Kill and Jaden Waddle. And I said, what's going to happen? It's simply this. And I've said this already. If you go ahead and get Tyler Kill, you can't, you can't, yeah. You had to throw the ball 40 times a game. And now can Tua, can Tua go from being a guy just to hand the ball off or be a game manager as the term likes to be used in the NFL? Or can he be a guy that to have, to, uh, have to throw the ball 40, 45 times a game? Because you got a weapon like Tyreek Hill and a weapon like Jalen Waddle. That's what you're going to have to do. And can you please both in? That's going to be another situation that has to be answered. But as far as the podcast, I don't know I don't know what Tyreek Hill is trying to get at. Don't really understand it. But I think with Tyreek, I think more, I think more than anything else was just to bring in a little controversy, try to get the podcast all up and running and have people listening. That's pretty much all it is. I can't see where Tyreek complained about Patrick Mahomes and getting into football because Patrick Mahomes loved him some Tyreek Hill. Like I said, one thing I can think of is I'm sure Tyreek was taken off because he couldn't get Devontae Adams type of money. The Vegas the Raiders were willing to pay that. She's willing to pay that much for Tyreek Hill. And I think that's what it boils down to. We'll jump into we'll jump into uh some fantasy football. And the last couple of podcasts I've been going down to my divisions. Um I know uh, a couple of episodes ago I gave you some possible sleeper picks for your NFC East. Um Last week's episode, I gave you the NFC South and the NFC Central. Well, now we'll jump on. We'll finish off the NFC right now, and we'll go to the NFC West. And we'll start off. And we'll start off with the um, the defending, the reigning, defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. And I'll go with one sleeper pick. Who's I'm not gonna say it's a sleeper pick, really. But that's a guy who's 
the name has been buzzing since they signed him. That's one Allen Robinson. Allen was hurt last year. He had, he had a rookie quarterback throwing the ball. When he gets injuries, call it to Allen Robinson last year. Now, when Allen's hurt, like most players in this league, the numbers are miserable. When he hurt when he was with Jackson Jaguars and he got hurt, his numbers were miserable. When he went to Chicago and got hurt like last year, his numbers were miserable. But if you sit back and look at Al Robinson's numbers, when he's completely healthy, he's a solid receiver. And this was very interesting with Allen. Allen is not the number one man. He was the number one man in Jacksonville, number one, number one man for the Chicago Bears. But the funny thing about it is, Allen is not number one. He is number two. Everybody knows Cooper Tucker is the number one receiver for the Rams. But Allen Robinson is number two. And in that system, the Rams system, and if Robert Woods can put up solid numbers, a healthy Allen Robinson can put up similar numbers than Robert Woods did. So for me, fans, is considering this, if Robinson's healthy, you got Matthew Stratford throwing the ball to him, not Justin Fields. The Rams certainly have a way better offense than the Chicago Bears. The Rams have a way better offensive line than the Chicago Bears. Rams just have a better offense all the way around than the Chicago Bears. So again, like we say, if he's healthy, Allen Robinson can certainly put up numbers that Robert Woods put up. He could probably put up numbers that Odell Beckham was putting up towards the end of last season for the Rams easily. So for me, keep an eye on one Allen, Allen Robinson. Now, we go to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, well, Seattle becomes very interesting. I'm not the quarterbacks, no way. We all know Tyler Lockett. We all know about DK Metcalf. But the biggest thing is going to be the running back spot. They've got three capable running backs, but the one guy I want to talk about is, and he's not, again, he's not going to be a super back, but again, Injuries, and that's one Chris Carlson. You know, here's a guy. Here's a guy that when he is healthy and he's on the field, the guy produces. And fantasy owners know the guy can produce when he's healthy. But again, fantasy owners, that's always been a problem. Chris Carlson, he gets hurt every single year. He'll put up solid numbers, numbers that go unnoticed. But then again, he gets hurt and he's missing, you know, three or four games, maybe more than that. Now, this past season, he had a neck injury that kept him out most of last season. But the, but the thing about it is when he's on the field, he does produce. He's a good receiver out of the backfield, which gets you better numbers as well. Now, the problem is he doesn't have Russell Wilson throwing him the ball anymore to pass out of the backfield. Now, to me, some people can say, well, about Rashard Penny. Well, if Carlson's healthy, he's the number one running back. Rashard Penny was number two. Now, they did draft Kenny Walker out of Michigan State. And to me, Kenny Walker could really be the future future for the Seattle Seahawks. And I don't doubt that one bit. Chris Carlson signed a two-year contract. He's on the last year of that two-year deal. And my educated guess is he's probably going to be gone unless he really puts up 
unless he leads the NFL in rushing for some unexplained reason. But I don't think that I think this is what he calls him last year. Rashard Perry re-signed to a one-year deal. Rashard's had a history of injuries, but for the last four or five games last season, he was a beast. He was a monster. But the defense, it's hard. It, it, I have a hard time looking at the Seattle's team. But Chris Carlson, if he's healthy, he can stay healthy. He's probably the best. Is is is, is maybe the super pick here. My whole possibility was Noah Fant. Noah Fant complained that he didn't get the ball as much as he thought he could have gotten in Denver. Well, one quarterback on your roster is Drew Locke. Drew Locke knows Noah Fant. Now, if Drew Locke wins starting job, maybe Noah Fant could be a sleeper pick as, as a tight end. Because remember, you've got two solid receivers in Metcalf and Lockett you can throw the ball to. And Fant could, be, could go flying under the radar. But for right now, I'm going Chris Carlson. Now for the Arizona Cardinals, this is not a sleeper pick. Marquise Brown. Now Marquise had his first thousand yard season in the NFL last year. And of course Lamar Jackson told him the football. Now Arizona made a trade and got him. Kyle Murray and Marquise Brown were, were, were college teammates at the University of Oklahoma. Marquise had a chance to really step up his game. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended for the first six games of the season. So this is a chance that Marquise has to step up and really prove to the NFL that he could be a legitimate number one receiver. They go from Baltimore, who, who for years has been known to be a running team, Last year, they tried to throw the, they threw the ball a little bit more last year than they had in previous years. But again, you never had much of a choice. They passed it. If, if your entire backfield gets hurt during preseason, OTAs, and anything else in between, I don't think you have much of a choice. You're getting guys like Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell. You're going out and getting anybody you can get your hands on to, run the, to help you run the football. Marquise did step up game up last year and did it a thousand yards. But now he goes to a team that's going to throw the football more than Baltimore ever did. Now, granted, the Cardinals had James Connors coming off of a very good season last year. Could some can make an argument maybe the best of his best year of his career? He had what eighteen total touchdowns last year. But for Marquise Brown, this is the chance for him to step up. He goes to a team that's going to pass the ball more. You have no DeAndre Hopkins. Now, granted, you've got A.J. AJ Brown, Rondell Moore. They're going to be targets. But Marquise, to me, will be the number one receiver for the Cardinals this year. And, Mar and Murray likes Marquise. Knows him very well from the University of Oklahoma. So Marquise has got to be the man to keep your eye on. But can Marquise step his game up and be that receiver that everybody thinks he can be? That's going to be the million-dollar question. Can he get? Can he do that? Last but not least, let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I know some people want to say, well, Trey Lance is the answer. That Trey Lance is the pick. No, it's not going to be Trey Lance. 
I'm sure that the 49ers will have uh, some guy from uh, University of Timbuktu that will come in there and he will be he'll be the next running back. They had Elijah Mitchell from BYU, six round pick, who played very well last year. But I'm gonna go with a guy that kind of that everybody forgot about last year. And it seemed like the four and seemed like the four nines kind of forgot about that man. And that is Brandon Ayuk. Now, I get it. George Kittle is still there. Debo is there. I get it. I get all that. But the thing about Brandon is Brandon got off to a bad start. He got in the doghouse. Don't know why. But towards the end of last season, Brandon started to pick his game up a little bit. He started playing like the guys who thought he was a first-round pick that they thought they got, or might have been second-round pick, yeah, a couple years back, that they thought very highly of. Now, to me, Brandon could be a better receiver than To me, Brandon is a better receiver than Debo. I know some people are like gasp and hold their breath and thinking I've lost my ever-loving mind when I say that. But to me, I think Brady's a better receiver. And I'm interested to see if Trey Lance is starting quarterback. And let's, let's say for the sake of argument right now, we're saying that he is because Garoppolo is still on the roster. And Garoppolo, Garoppolo's track record ups and downs. But Garoppolo has got you to a guy has gotten you to has gotten you to the playoffs. Yeah, a few times. Jimmy has had Jimmy has been to a Super Bowl. That's a Super Bowl known for the New England Patriots. So Jimmy has been there, done that a little bit. But I'm interested to see if Trey Lance will trust Brandon Ayuk and get him the ball more. I'm not saying that, but Debo's gonna get his balls. George Kittle will get his balls, and rightfully so they should. But for the guy, if you want a super pick, I take a shot at Brandon. Hopefully, Brandon can find his game once again and be what the 49ers felt that he could be all along, the top-notch receiver in this league. So my guess is, guys, Brandon Ayuk. Let's kind of go back a little bit. We talked about a couple of retirements today, Frank Gore. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, I guess we all heard the the other the uh, what was the other one that uh, Antonio Brown is now thinking about calling calling it a career. At least that's why I believe Antonio Brown's come out and said that there's a possibility he may very well call it a career as well. Now, I think in this situation, Antonio Brown had no choice but to call it a career. Because let's be honest with you. After the big blow up he had with Tampa Bay last year, the last few years he's been a headache for any team he's pretty much played on. And now he's gonna call it he's calling it a career. Now I don't think Antonio too much of a choice because I don't see too many teams calling Antonio Brown up, get on the phone, say, Antonio's gonna come on your camp. I don't really see that. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Antonio had a stretch when he played Pittsburgh Steelers. He was one of the, he was maybe he was ever one of the best receiver in the league. If you want to make that argument, Antonio could probably get that argument for you. I'm sure he could have as one of the best receivers in the league. There was a point in time in Pittsburgh, but then when he got traded to the Raiders, it seemed like all just went down hill from there. He had certainly had his issues 
towards the end of Pittsburgh and had his argument with, with Big Ben, with Mike Tomlin, with the offensive coordinator. I believe it was, was, was it Todd Haley at the time, I believe. And he had issues, they had issues with him. Of course, he went to the Raiders, and of course, that blew up in his face. Tom Brady recruited him to come to the Patriots. He lasted one game, off the field issues, caught up to him. Brady, Tom Brady again, vouched for him to Tampa Bay. Now, let's be honest with you, there was a stretch where Antonio Brown played well last year for the uh, yeah, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, he, he had his moments when he played well with Tampa Bay. Injuries, yeah, he did play well. Injuries caught up to Antonio Brown. And, of course, there were rumors going around. Of course, Antonio said that his ankle was messed up. They tried to get him to play off his bad ankle. And he wasn't, he wasn't healed properly enough. Now, again, the, the sad thing about Antonio is, is Antonio had a Trajectory could have been possibly a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame receiver, excuse me. But it's kind of like he, but once he signed that contract, it's like all of it, it all went downhill from there on out. And sad, if Antonio could have, well, I know injuries are a part of the NFL, a part of any game whatsoever, any sport, injuries happen. If Antonio could have came back, played, you know, Played okay, played okay for himself. Who knows? He could have wound up back in Tampa Bay for another year. Or then again, maybe some team would take that chance on him. Because I know, because I know everybody heard the rumor in the offseason that he could have wound up with the Dallas Cowboys. Now that would have been interesting to see Antonio Brown and C.D. Lamb. But I'm sure Antonio Brown, he probably didn't want the football. Antonio played like that. Like I said, some receivers in leagues are divas. Antonio's that divas, but they don't want the football every single time. There was talk at one time, wasn't there talk of buzz at one time about the Baltimore Ravens could have maybe wanted his services at one time. But again, Antonio Brown says he's going to retire. And for me, there's not a lot of teams in the NFL that are going to take Antonio Brown anyway. But the last image that they've got of Antonio Brown is taking his jersey off, you know, throwing his shoulder pads down, and he is just dancing off the field on a, on the ankle that he said that was kind of messed up to begin with, that hadn't quite all the way healed. And that's the sad part of Antonio. Certainly had the potential of being a Hall of Fame receiver in this league. He had, he had a great stretch with the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the best receivers in the league. But for Antonio Brown, retirement, I don't think Antonio had much of a choice because not too many people were going to take him and put him, or going to gamble on him and put him on their team. For my final, for my final note to the uh, to this to this episode and. Um, We'll go back and we'll we'll go back and we'll be on some uh, fancy fancy football stuff now. The last couple of days, um, I have been well, I like to say, it's in my office and I've been doing my due diligence, my research, and I'm making my rankings and my list already. Already, now 
I know some people for fantasy football experts, this will be the 34th, fourth year that I played fantasy football coming up. And it's been a, it's, it's been a long time. It's been enjoyable. And I love, I love every single year of, of, of playing fantasy football. Some people, and, and I've had people ask me, is it ever too early to prepare for your league? The answer to that question is no. It's never too early to prepare for anything. My advice, my advice to any fantasy football player out there, and in person, it's a very interesting playing the game. And I've been doing it for 34 years, so I can so I can give you some decent advice. Might not be the greatest advice in the world sometimes, but I'll give you some solid, solid advice. You always want to keep up with every little detail. During the offseason, read every single piece. If your team, if a team signs a couple of offensive linemen, keep that in mind because you never know. Because let's say you had a solid running back and his offensive line is horrible, but you go ahead and sign two Pro Bowl linemen. You put him on his team and you put him on that team. Then you're going to sit back and say to yourself, well, hey, maybe this, maybe this running back I had last year, maybe he will uh, produce this year. But my advice to anybody is simply this. You want to do the very, yeah, you want to follow every, every nook and cranny. And I've told you, know, and I've told you that I've, you know, fellow co-workers and, and other people ask me, you, you have to follow every detail. I don't care. I don't care if you follow the third down running back off of, off of whatever team that you want to follow off of. You never know. Follow that guy. Because you never know that can be useful to you down the road. Any any little bit of information helps. Read everything. Any bit of information you can read, keep it in mind. Now I'll give I'll give my my podcast as a tidbit. Ron Rivera came out and said something the other day about Antonio Gibson. They've got a bunch of running backs on the roster. He made a comment about going back to the days with Angel Williams, uh, Jonathan Stewart, going back all back to Carolina Panther days, and those top two running backs. He wants to do that for the Washington football team this year. Which to me, if you're an Antonio Gibson fan, that kind of makes me worry a little bit. Because that means Antonio Gibson's with Angel Williams, Brian Robinson with Jackson Alabama, to me he's with Jonathan Stewart, J.D. Kensick, I guess he'll be the Forrest Whitaker. And for me, right there, you want to read that stuff because that right there is something that you, that you can file away. Because you don't know. Other people might not, have read, might not have read that article, but I read it, and I take note on that. So for anybody out there, if a coach says stuff like that, file it, you know, put it in the back of your mind. File it away. I don't care if you got to write it down. Put a little notebook, write it down, do it. Because every little bit of information when you're playing fantasy football is key. You might not think it is, but it is. I guarantee you somebody else is gonna is gonna think that. But details, my advice to you everybody who plays this league, details, details are important. That's all we have time for this week's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um Thank you for joining me, and I will certainly see you again very soon.